So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops.
Welcome to the 346th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, and yes, we all know I'm going to blare out at you like some kind of warning sign or trumpet or something like that just to say hello to get you woke the fuck up when you're starting out your week or your day or whatever fucking project you're about to work on listening to this show. And one of the people that's really fucking tired of all this shit that I'm constantly doing is my co-host, Matt. Everyone's getting woke because of Court. Court's helping everyone get woke. Well, that, that's that, right. That, Cinema Psyops, we're getting you woke. <laughs> that's our new motto. I already put it on a t-shirt. Sorry about any other problems. I mean, yes, but not in the terminology sense. I mean, that is one of the psyops that this show has been involved with for quite some time. True. <laughs> it's true. Also, also, just to get topical in current times, uh, Will Smith doesn't have to cuss in his raps to sell records, but apparently he has to bitch slap Chris Rock to get an Oscar. Or have one take it away, I think is probably uh, They'll never take that. If they take that away before they take away Harvey Weinstein's Oscars, we're going to have a problem. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. I'm just saying, I, I don't like Chris Rock's joke either. It was a lame-ass joke. But I, I don't also agree with what Will Smith did, but no, he should not lose his Oscar. You could tell, I think, Will Smith didn't do it to hurt hurt him, or else he would have closed-fisted punched him in the face. It was an open-handed slap. You could tell he almost kind of took a lot off right before he actually made contact. It's really funny on wrestling Twitter, wrestlers' Twitters, like a lot of them are like, I don't know if this is real. This could be a work. Because they're all like, uh, the way everything just went kind of was weird to them. Well, that's, like it's somehow that's, they would plan it. That's, which, that's another thing that is also super fucked up yeah, in this situation. It totally is, yeah. Yeah, and it's also fair to maybe be a conspiracy theorist in this and go, when's the last time anybody talked about the Oscars this much? For any reason. Exactly, uh, yes. Like forever. Even before COVID, interest and the Oscars are dropping off. And post-COVID, no one could fly it out, give a shit if really rich people want to give other really rich people <laughs> trophies anymore. Right, which is why I don't even want to fucking talk about it. But there's Yeah, I'm sorry. It just was yeah, a joke but, I had in my mind and I wanted to get it out. But there is a lot of things that are fertile ground for interactions with human beings with which you need to discuss because at the end of the day, it's all human beings that are involved. Um, yeah, we're, we're in a really interesting time yeah. in the planet and as a people on Earth. I don't know. It's it's a whole weird thing that if it's totally real. Okay, somebody else like- somebody else writes that joke, right? Yeah. Somebody else writes that joke, and let's say Terry Crews delivers that. Will so Smith Will walking Smith up, slapping him. Shit. Nope. No, Will, you're right on that one. The Will Rock delivers that? So Will Smith ain't doing shit. Right. He's going to be pissed. He might go up and he might say some shit. He might yell some shit, but he's not going to go up and fucking physically assault someone. But I will also say this. They do have history. In 2016, at the Oscars, Chris Rock uh, kind of poked fun at Jada Pinkett Smith for boycotting the Oscars that year. <laughs> and, and his joke was... Um, her boycotting the Oscars this year. He says it's like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I can do it, but it doesn't much matter. We weren't invited. And that was in 2016. And oh. then that festered. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It's a bunch of people that have a lot more fucking money and fucking power than me. Yeah. And yeah. all I know is I can't do the exact same thing and get nothing except yes. a bunch of comedians getting angry about me. What I'm going to exactly. get is fucking assault charges. Exactly. You're going, you're going to jail. It's very much like the Batman thing. Like if he kills even just once it would be all over and it's kind of like you you start hurting one person it's it's over <laughs> yeah because i like fucking doing it too much <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> it comes too easy 
<laughs> well, it's a little nurture. It's a little nature. Um, yeah, and it's a, a lot it's... of other fucking things that made a perfect storm of a human being that could very much be an unrelenting monster if he chose to. Yeah. I have to stop myself from being that almost every day of my life. And I have to make that decision. And I'll tell you what, if I can fucking do it, Will Smith could have fucking done it Will too. Will Smith should be able to fucking do it. Hey, th- we gave him some pablum. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So let's talk about the actual fucking movie because like in the next 10 minutes, no one's even going to fucking remember this Oscars bullshit anyway. No. The memes are finally sl- slowed like, down can, a little bit, thankfully. Yeah, can I say my favorite meme today was this. And all the things with the Will Smith situation, the most important to remember is this. <laughs> that the, then they go like this. The wife of a Supreme Court justice texted the at the time president's chief of staff in a sense to try to steal the election and undo our democracy. And I went, yeah, that's a good thing to remember yeah i shared a couple of those already yeah. there's a couple yeah. of variations of it but i've shared those as well yeah uh so the movie this week uh blood ceremony is what it was released for on the mondo so macabre blu-ray <laughs> so refreshing to like bathe in the blood of versions like well i mean at least there's shit to talk about here oh there's layers <laughs> there's actual storytelling there's yeah. actual composed composition and shots <laughs> i did feel like i had seen this movie already done before and way better how about that well, though, we have seen this movie done before, although I don't know necessarily way better or not. Um, definitely, yeah. at least, let's just say equal for now. Okay. <laughs> Countess Dracula with Ingrid Pitt. We did oh, that. That's true, yeah. Almost exactly. A little over 100 episodes ago, or a little under yeah. 100 episodes ago or so. We did, okay. we did Countess Dracula with Ingrid Pitt. Now, that movie has an extreme special place in my heart, and I can't ever put any other Bathory movies on top of it because yeah. of Ingrid Pitt as a Elizabeth no, Bathory true. in that, even though she's yeah. not really playing Elizabeth Bathory. But mm-hmm. the Blood Countess thing, everybody knows the story, so we don't really need to go in-depth on this other than what we're going to be talking about with the filmmaker, Jorge Grau. Uh, we haven't really done any of Jorge Grau's movies on this show yet. Another one that he is really well known for is The Living Dead at Manchester morgue which um a lot of shows have already kind of covered and it's a zombie flick but it's an interesting uh take on it where the dead are reanimated by like this special combination of weird scientific equipment that makes it happen weird science (laughs) yeah yeah, kind of it's um it's like i I remember it being like this vibration or a frequency and then like some kind of a chemical spill like this weird confluence of things that just happen to be perfect that make the dead walk in that movie It's, it's been a really long time since i saw it i mean it feels like a passion project to me so saying that it was probably a passion project for him after the success of Living Dead in Manchester Mark was is probably not too far of a stretch, but I'm I'm just making speculation here when I'm talking about the film. So I think we got, yes, like you said, a lot to talk about and also 11 fucking clips for the night. 11 clips and like a couple of them pretty long, especially the last one. Yeah, so we're going to have one hell of a fucking review, so we should probably not pad out the episode anymore. I got to get out of Matei mode at the start of the show where we're padding shit out and talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? We're not going to have to pad this one out as bad. <laughs> this week for the Pirate Radio Edit, it's going to be all songs based on Elizabeth Bathory, which means doom metal, black metal, death metal, and fucking Slayer. Yeah. Up first is the original Bathory with Woman of Dark Desires right after this. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, 
costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. So Bathory, the band, is one of the earliest. Like, they pretty much were right there before black metal was even, like, a thing. And they had the sound before other people were even kind of developing it in pretty much the same regions that black metal came from. And uh, their template for the sound has basically been mimicked ever since. (laughs) Well, I mean... I mean, listen, if it works, everyone's going to try to copy it. Yes, absolutely. If it works, everyone's going to try to copy it, which is why no one ever copied this trailer. The Guinness Book of World Records states as follows. The world's most prolific murderess was the Countess Elizabeth Bathory. By her own count, she butchered 610 young virgins. Fact or fiction? Was she a grotesque vampire stalking prey in the dark of a moonless night? Or a depraved mind seeking victims for a macabre ritual of the occult? You'll be the judge when you see the true story of the legend of Blood Castle. The Countess Elizabeth Bathory, esteemed member of the royal family, convicted by holy court of high crimes. Was she a true and malignant vampire filled with a fetid stench of death? Or was Elizabeth Bathory a diabolical pawn dedicated to the unnatural rituals of the occult? Transfer the virtues of this unclean reptile. Transfer the virtues of this unclean reptile. Cunning. Power. Fascination. Cunning. Power. Fascination. And give them to this humble servant. So be it. Carl Zimmer, Count of Bathory, and husband to Elizabeth. Was he an inhuman vampire seeking blood to sustain his life? Or was Carl Zimmer a malevolent creature capable of loving only the victims of his own hand? What do you want of me? This is Mona, lady-in-waiting to the Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Was she a grisly tool of the devil bent on entering her mistress into the grotesque sacraments of evil? Or was Mana an innocent victim of the holy court, 
sentenced to a most cruel punishment for the crime of standing by her mistress. As judge, you alone can commute her sentence. The Legend of Blood Castle is the true story of the Countess Elizabeth Bathory, as taken from court records and eyewitness accounts of her trial. The Holy Court found the Blood Countess guilty of 610 murders of young maidens. The Holy Court, either through fear or negligence, failed to probe into Elizabeth Bathory's motives. Certain evidence would show that Elizabeth Bathory was a malevolent vampire, requiring the blood of living women to sustain her life. Other facts recently made available points to a much more hideous conclusion. These facts would show the Countess Elizabeth Bathory to be a diabolical handmaiden to the devil, serving her master's Satan in a grotesque sacrament of the occult. We will present to you the evidence, and you shall be the judge when you see the true story of the legend of Blood Castle. Well, there well, you go. That was like longer than the movie, so we can go, right? I mean, no, but <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, blood ceremony, the first 20 minutes. Uh, we've got a bunch of peeps are walking around. Uh, at first, you think it's like a ritual or some shit, lots of torches, all that shit. Then we see a couple looking out the window, and they're talking, and uh, fuck it, that's our first clip. Carl, where are you going? I'm curious to see what these crazy people are up to. Doesn't it interest you what might happen to me? It seems that they're preparing the test of the horse. What did you say to him? Nothing. Which test did you say? Of the horse. A horse and a boy that have never known a woman. They want to discover the vampire's tomb. So, we see the group does find this tomb, and we see what's supposed to be a vampire, although it just looks like a regular old dead body, but they stake it anyway, because fuck him. I want to point out a few things here. Uh, The opening thing that they were talking about, that ritual, is them leading that horse and the boy to find the grave of the the vampire. So, you said it looks like a ritual. It absolutely is a ritual. That journey is part of the ritual, because they're leading the whole procession to the cemetery and all that stuff. And this is relatively accurate to some of the rituals that I remember reading about and like some of the folklore stuff on vampires, like traditional folklore stuff that, you know, mm-hmm. I- I've read. Um, I mean, I don't know, like a hundred percent accurate, but like everything that they are showing, including the boy riding the horse stuff, I don't remember it having to be a, both a uh, virgin pony and a virgin boy. That might've just been added because, you know, salacious just to say yeah, it. Virgin just said the word virgin and anything. Right. But I know that I do know that they would have like an innocent child sometimes that they would use and then a pony or something like that for for these kinds of rituals or just whatever there would be somebody that would like be able to find or divine the vampire but the rest of the ritual is the same the main difference is they don't dig them up and then bury them like in a crossroads yeah after staking them or anything like that you know it's fucking weird ass shit, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it was, um, it seems really bizarre and it seems like these really archaic rituals, but it's actually rooted in traditional folklore of how vampires were dealt with, apparently. Yeah. Well, as the townspeople are getting to the body, uh, a lady says, uh, a young lady, she wants uh, she wants some of the blood and she asks one of the officers for it. And he's like, hey, we're not even supposed to touch it. And she's like, just give me some of that fucking blood, bitch. Um, as the she next says day, it a bit more eloquently than that, obviously. Well, obviously, this is me. I mean, I don't think they even talked like that back then. 
Um, so anyway, as the two young ladies, and they seem like they are young servant girls to this this castle they work in, uh, as they're working with some of the blood, an old lady walks in and telling them how they all got it wrong, but really doesn't elaborate any more on it. Well, um, then we cut to an inn on the outskirts of town, and some people are arising, arriving, and that's our next clip. Is it very far from here to the village of Caglisi? But you're not going to Caglisi. It's more than four hours by horse. It would be better if you left in the morning. It is already getting dark, Magistrate. And over there, there is much talk of vampires and apparitions. I must go there precisely for a trial against a vampire. But I'd like to get a little of the background first. I might help you with the background, Helsing. Because you are Helsing, the Magistrate, right? Your Lordship, sir, what an honor to have your presence in my humble house. I'll bet in your cellar you have some good wine hidden away, ruffian. (laughs) Yes, sir, I'll get it right away. Then you are Carl Zimmer, Master of Caglisi. I suppose that I might also ask... To what do I owe the honor? To my boredom. I'm bored with Caglisi and its peasants, and I welcome any opportunity that allows me to meet intelligent people. Thank you. But you hardly know me, sir. I have brought my coach to accompany you tomorrow, and so I'll be able to chat with you. I'm sure I'm not mistaken. Return the magistrate's luggage to his room and prepare another room for me. In that case, I won't need the horse, innkeeper. As you wish, sir. What you will be needing is much patience to tolerate the vampires. They smell very bad, I can assure you. Well, they're corpse right there. Of course it smells yeah, bad. Right? Oh, shit. By the way, nice talk about your fucking calling the guy a ruffian and fucking how the pores make you bored. Sorry, dick. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing nothing to bounce off of there. All right. So. I mean, he's a bourgeoisie uh, asshole, so of course. Yes. Uh, so then uh, one of the the innkeeper's daughter who works there, she obviously has taken a shine to this, this uh, uh, I don't know what you would call him, magistrate, duke, whatever he is. Uh, I'm just going to call him the boss. The boss, dude. I anyway, think they say Marques in the Marquez. dialogue. Yeah. like he's boss, dude. I'm, I'm fucking done with that. Um. <laughs> So anyway, the lady of the castle, she's getting ready with that older lady from before. Well, that's our next clip. Starting to look old, don't you think? My goodness, how can you be old? My skin is not as white as it once was. Time passes for everyone, including the rich and the powerful. One can only win when one takes a risk, and a person needs much valor to enter the various highways which are offered to us by the forces of the occult. Much, much easier to accept this death, which little by little takes possession of us. But in order to live, it is necessary to take a risk. Take a risk? What do you mean? You know that in your family there was another Elizabeth. She bathed in the blood of a virgin. Yes, I know. No one likes to recall the story, but it is really true. Was she beautiful? They say so. The most beautiful that ever existed. But her beauty was useless because she practically had to live alone in her castle. Her husband preferred being with his soldiers. I too live alone. You have Carl. No, no. He's with me, but I don't have him. He prefers his falcons to watch how they kill and destroy their prey. Yeah, well, we cut to uh, the main boss man watching his hawks work and killing shit, and all right. Um, the old lady does tell her, though, she can get him back if she listens to her. 
So then we cut back to the main boss man. He's in his room. The innkeeper's daughter brings him some stuff in. They kind of have a moment where they stare at each other, uh, but he sends her away. The uh, innkeeper's daughter is coming downstairs, and there's another older lady there, different from the other old lady I was talking about. And she's like, hey, you want this dude? And she's like, yeah, I want him. You know, what the fuck? And so she gives her a lotion that she can use. It's like a love potion, but it's a lotion instead. And if he touches it, he'll fall in love with her. Uh, So she goes back into the room to give him some water. They kind of have another moment. He starts choking her a bit. Then he lets go and tells her to leave, and she does, and it was kind of weird. And the next day when everyone's leaving, the old lady looks at him and she goes, oh, you should have let me see him first. You gotta stay away from him. He's got death in his eyes. So, foreshadowing. Uh, Yeah, um, all of it, including him choking her a little bit. Yeah. Like, there's supposed to be some sadism involved with him here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's got he's got his own issues. Well, besides being a bourgeoisie fucking judgmental class warfare motherfucker like he is, yeah. God damn, that was beautiful. (laughs) Fucking A. Um, fuck the rich. So, uh, we get the trial starting for our dead vampire guy, because they're going to have a trial for him to determine if he was a vampire or not, because that's totally necessary. So, anyway, um, the boss lady, she's getting her hair done by one of the girls, and the girl who's doing her hair keeps commenting about the trial. What about this? What about that? The lady has her, yeah, has enough, so apparently she slaps her, because apparently that, for some reason, that's fucking cool. And the girl bleeds, and some droplets of blood falls on the lady's hand. Uh, the lady's a little bit intrigued staring at the blood. Well, then we come back to the trial. Dude's giving testimony that the doctor is a vampire. Uh, Cut back to the lady boss. She notices her skin, where the blonde was, looks younger. Or, in their terms, younger means paler. It's paler skin. Yeah, I didn't Uh, quite get what they were getting at here with how, when she looks even paler, she's somehow younger. Yeah, that's that's how they do de-aging, I guess, Pale it up, motherfucker. (laughs) I suppose, but I I guess the point was that her skin was smoother and, like, before the color was actually, like, a lot of, like, arcs, you know? Like, like what the the older... I don't... I forget what they call them, but, like, they're sort of like freckles, but only old people have them. Um, Liver spots. Liver spots. Yeah. Yeah. Liver spots. But they were supposed to be liver spots all over, right? Like, she was supposed to be that old? Is that what they were getting at? I don't know. I think they're... (laughs) I don't... I fucking don't know. Yeah, I was just as perplexed by this as you were essentially so it's it's fucking weird yeah i have no explanation for you but essentially this is one of those things where as long as you go with it in the film and you're just like yes she's getting younger because she's paler as long as you just go with it the rest of the film makes perfect sense and after a month of bate i'm gonna let it work me that way it's fine listen this is less confusing than most of Bate's horse shit that he puts out there. So. Right. While I don't understand the choice aesthetically, that may be a cultural thing as to why I don't understand it, that maybe paler skin is viewed as younger skin. I, I, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But that's what it is. And that's what it represents. And she's just going to get paler and then start looking younger and not pale. Exactly. The old lady from before who gave that innkeeper's daughter the fucking love potion shit, well, she testifies uh, against the doctor, and that's our next clip. He told you. The doctor knew the medallion was mine, and he asked me for it. I gave it to him. I did so without even asking anything for it, together with a parchment written in an unknown language. And I also warned him that it might be dangerous to own the medallion. To what dangers do you refer? All those who have worn the medallion have died an unnatural death. And before one year has passed. And you, how is it you're still alive? 
You see, I never wore it. It's not prudent to entice destiny. Hear this, and I hope I'm mistaken. We have not seen the last victim of this cursed medallion. Okay. Yeah, they're talking an awful lot of shit here, and that's the end of the first 20 minutes. This is a very densely packed first 20 minutes. We got a lot of stuff that's being set up for threads here that we have to kind of follow. You get a lot of info in this one. Okay, so there is a very serious thread of vampirism in this story. However, I'm going to submit to you here, I don't think we see any actual back from the dead vampires at all. The entirety no, you, of the film. You don't at all. So what I really dig about this is they portray every character as though they 100% believe in the existence of vampires. They also 100% believe in this trial that they're trying to do to prove it, whether or not that they can prove it. And then just to make sure. And essentially they're doing this because there is all of this stuff that has to happen to cleanse the land of a vampire, which is extremely suspicious in the nature of how they have to surrender lands and things that we're going to find out about here later on. Um, It makes me think of witchcraft trials as well, because that's essentially what we have here is a witchcraft trial. Yeah, it's just the participants are already dead. Right, and being accused of vampirism. This is very much a Elizabeth Bathory movie and an Inquisition movie and also a sort of side-loaded Gilda Ray kind of murdering monster uh, in the husband. So it's like Gilda Ray with uh, Elizabeth Bathory in the middle of the Inquisition and somehow all of this is going to tie together. And I got to say, Matt, this first 20 minutes when you're first watching the film, I personally am just feeling like this stuff is all going to get abandoned and I'm really like dreading like, oh my God, how are they going to keep all of these plates spinning, right? I was like, there's yeah. there's no way they're going to maintain all of this story throughout the hour and 40 minutes we have to sit through. <laughs> but they're going to. Right. I'm going to tell everyone that now. Yeah. That's the spoil. They fucking do it. Like, they, they keep all of these plates spinning. They keep all of this story going, and they do it masterfully. And it's really a well-done story, and we're not even really talking about anything other than just the first 20 minutes so far. And then we're just telling you the rest of the story will continue at this level. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even really talked about the cinematography and the compositions of the shots and stuff. Like, I cannot fathom in my head. It was late 60s, early 70s, right? 1973 is when this was released. So early 70s, yeah. Yeah. But it appears that way. Well, yeah, there's a very much that aesthetic to the way the film looks and everything, but there was some serious money spent on this and sets built. And yeah, and just this is a real movie. Yeah. I mean, a real, unlike some of the other shit we've been watching the past month, <laughs> it's a real movie. Right. But even more so than the sets built and everything, it's also using a lot of natural environments and estates and things like that of where it is that very distinctly makes it extremely Euro horror. So everything is clicking into make me want to really really like this movie and this first 20 minutes when i'm sitting there just dreading that it's somehow going to fall apart the way that i am gloriously proved wrong for the rest of the film is just so wonderful i can't wait for it to unfold for everybody else totally yeah it's it's just great like i'm like this you know this whole setup this 20 minutes i'm like it can't maintain this it can't 
And yet, it does. It did. <laughs> I know. And yeah. let's tell them how. Let's tell them how. Next 20 minutes start. The lady boss notices her hand marks is starting to fade. And she wants to call the servant girl back to talk to her. Uh, then we cut to the wife of the dead doc, who was a vampire, apparently. Gives testimony that his body is possessed. And indeed, he is a vampire. The daughter of the doctor gives testimony that her dad... Uh, in effect, kissed her not in a way that a father kisses a daughter. Yeah, inappropriate. For, yeah, inappropriate for a father to kiss his daughter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. So then the trial's kind of over, and our boss dude, he's thinking about wearing the cursed locket to see if they can prove that it's that it's as evil as the old lady said. Well, they all head back to his castle for some dinner, and that's our next clip. Look, my lady, I believe that the mayor, as well as the judge, have made a bad mistake by not accepting your husband's invitation. Your Honor, forgive me for being so indiscreet, but I'm dying to ask you a question. I am at your disposition. Do you think that a vampire is a person who has succeeded in defeating death? And if so, is it due to the blood of the victims he has killed? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I have interrupted. And I know that you're anxious to answer my wife's question. It is evident that the death of some beings produces life in others. We see this every day in nature, including our own bodies. We provide nourishment for our bodies by the death of animals and plants. In the case of a vampire, maybe he's only a rebel, because he's not resigned to leave this world. The only one he knows and understands. Surely, well, according to what Voltaire has written, the truth is that those who suck human blood are not precisely the dead, but those living. Speculators, usurers, and other authentic vampires who do not live precisely in cemeteries, but in luxurious palaces. Like this one. More or less, Excellency. You like the ruby. Redstones keep away vampires, isn't that true? But do you really believe in these stories of the dead leaving their tombs? You've only been a short time in this area, Dr. Silas. And someday, perhaps, science will discover the truth of many things that the youth of today consider simple superstitions. In that case, there's no doubt that I shall change my opinion. After all that, that night, Boss Man, he uh, finds in the attic a servant girl and her friend spreading bird blood in each other's chests because apparently it firms up your chest. Fucking hot. Something was getting firm in my pants looking at that. <laughs> I was I was going to make that joke for you, but fuck it. Yeah, good job. Uh, yeah, you know I'm going to dive on say, them titties this- covered in blood. I was going to say that that would also probably make some, uh, make court firm and hard. Um, so, all right. He shoes them off, but not before having a very weird moment with one of the girls. And then, you know, he almost looks like he's going to stab her, but then he sends her away. Um, then, uh, he up in the attic, he looks down the hole in the, in the, in the floorboard and he sees the lady of the house with a cup of blood uh, and him, her and the older lady doing something with it. Um, uh, well then he goes to bed and the cup of blood is by the window. Um, the next morning the lady of the house checks out, gets up and she checks the blood. Uh, at court, the doctor is found guilty. The head will be lopped off, the body will be burned, and then the head will be burned separately with those head ashes disposed of specially. By the bereaved bride and daughter, otherwise he will be able to keep haunting them or something like that? I think it's because it's implied that he fed on them, so they need to do the ashes for the head part or something. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's gotta be. Um, and then, uh, so then, uh, the lady, after putting blood on her, she checks her chest, but there's no change in the skin. We find out they used bird blood, and the spots only changed with virgin blood. 
So uh, then we cut to officials. They talk to the widow, and that is our next clip. You were aware that you must close up the house together with all the personal belongings of your husband. It's the law. And where shall we go? I don't have any money. I don't know. Perhaps the town council can give you a small loan against the land, keeping in mind that if the vampire doesn't return within two years and someone wishes to buy the land, they may do so. Your Honor, no one would want to buy this cursed land. Nevertheless, you will do well to look for the title. I have already said that without guarantees, the town council will not accept the risk. Nadja. Yes, Mama? Look through your father's papers and bring me the titles to the land and the house. So it's a money-making scheme or a power-grab scheme, and they got set up somehow. It could be that, yeah. I mean, of course, part of it has to be that. Um, so That's basically uh, what witchcraft trials and uh, accusing people of various things were. It was a way yeah. for the church to grab the land. Also, any prominent men who would have affairs with the younger women in town so that they didn't get outed would, would accuse them of being witches so they were murdered. Yeah, fucking colonizers are the worst. Colonizers are the pieces of shit, man. Uh, really, if you come right down to it, just human beings aren't all the best. Um, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. We're all, I mean, in every corner of this planet, a human being's been a fucking real dipshit. Especially when you realize the world's round. How are they finding the corners? Yeah, I know. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we do it. We do it. So, so you just shut it. The daughter, she goes walking into her dad's office and she sees... The boss dude's already in there. He discovers the note the doctor had given him, and he, or that uh, that had been given to the doctor. And then he's, he's checking the girl's wounds. She's wearing a necklace and sees that the necklace matches up perfectly with her own wounds. And that could have caused them. Well, anyway, that night they burned the body and then the head. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. Okay, so the girl had a nightmare. Probably told somebody about it. The town figured out a way to take their land after the guy died mysteriously for whatever reason. And that's why this whole vampire thing was set up. I really yeah, I mean, feel like that's the what the council people. The council said that. Yeah. Yeah, the council. The townspeople are actually scared of all this. But I don't think the main leader dude is in on it either because he's like, what are the fuck are they doing? So it must just be like those people who are talking to the wife at their de- at her desk. You know, those are the guys that are into it. Because I don't even think main boss dude is, because I think he just doesn't know what they're up to. Why does he care what the poors are doing? He owns his own castle and shit. Yeah, so. he's only there as, like, a formality, because he's, like, the yeah. lord over all of this, so he has to be there for the town. He only yeah. gets interested whenever the macabre shit comes up, including the... Because uh, that's the, the only thing that interests him anymore. Yeah, the medallion thing, because he's so bored and disaffected, because he's literally had every want ever fucking catered to. He is like the absolute representative of every oligarch fucking dickwad billionaire motherfuckers or just nobility or royalty that this shit is just handed to. This is exactly the kind of fucking people they turn into. I mean, he's a perfect representation of that. I do not feel that that is a mistake. I do not feel that that was unintentional. I think they are driving that point home. But they're doing it in a rather subtle way. It's like a sledgehammer coated in rubber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like where like. Yeah, you, no, I totally agree. You're definitely right. on. The that. fucking impact is there, but you thought it was going to be more severe than what it was. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, yes, the way that they're exactly. the way that they're kind of driving it home with just how fucking scummy he is. And yes, I'm a little yeah. extra sensitive these days about people like that. Absolutely. But this guy, like the dialogue, they really do drive that home, but it doesn't feel like it's excessive and it doesn't feel like he's just a character. It feels like they're literally saying this is what this type of life creates. Yeah, kind of. That's exactly right. Because it creates when you are given everything, it almost seems like boredom is what it becomes. Yeah, you you don't want for anything. You don't worry about anything. To... You're just there. You just exist. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything. See, I would never get bored if I like won some huge ass lottery and never had to worry about money again. I'd be just fine. And I just do all my normal shit that I do now, like all my leisure activities, and I would never get bored. But maybe it's because I spent a lot of time not being able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's because he has had this his entire life. He has clearly inherited yeah. his position that he's like this. It's of the course, children well, of rich then. fucks that end up like yeah. this or yeah, generational exactly. wealth that end up like this. Us jackasses, if we catch a lucky break and get rich, nine times out of ten, we're just going to be happy with that and live it. <laughs> or use the money to overthrow the rest of the rich fucks. I mean, if you make that much, but I don't, even winning the lottery, I don't think you're going to have that much. But All I need is I enough to get the proper amount of advertisement to get the working man to pay attention. Was, what, what is it? Was the Joker's light of the dark night? I, I, I'm a simple man. I like gunpowder and gasoline. You know what they have in common? The cheap. Not anymore. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's also very true. Um, so the next 20 minutes starts. Uh, Helsing leaves. That lawyer guy, he leaves. Um, the main dude, uh, main boss man, he goes out with his goddamn hawks for whatever he does out with his hawk. Uh, the lady of the house, she's walking the ground. She sees the family walking the ashes away. She wants them off her property and says to take a different way, a different path. They do. She then watches a lady with a small little girl who's just kind of at the property for today. Um, then the family dumps the ashes. Uh, the lady, come back to the lady, she's watching that little girl. Uh, the old woman, like, there's a doll on this table, and she breaks some glass next to it. Well, then the boss lady, she's like, hey, little girl, I'm going to take you. We're going to give you a surprise, a, a present. And they, you know, he takes her to that doll where there's broken glass. She picks up a slice of the glass. Then we hear the little girl crying. Uh, her hand's bleeding a lot. And uh, the lady said, oh, you know, she cut her hand on accident. Oh, no. And, uh, and you know, and send money with her so her mom can buy her nice things once they, you know, a doctor checks well, her out. They need to get her checked out and get her. He's She's something about cured. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the cure for a cut is stitches, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but um, she also says so she can buy a new dress because there's blood all over the dress from the hand being cut. Yeah. Um, uh, but we all know that the lady actually cut the girl. Oh, yeah. They make it uh, obvious in the movie, too. She's the one that yeah. reaches for the glass and then you hear exactly. the girl scream. As everyone's leaving, the lady is looking in the mirror and she is uh, rubbing blood all over her face. Hot. Um, yeah. Uh, then the old the lady and the old lady, they talk in our next clip. The important thing is that the test shows results. I don't think so. Now I know a solution exists, but I also know it's impossible. But why? How can you say that? How can it possibly succeed? The others of us succeeding. Why do you think it would fail, dear? You must do nothing more, my lady, than to set aside your scruples and... Uh, in this I can help you immensely. Oh, yes. If it were only possible. Certainly it is. The other day, I caught a snake and I thought, why not prepare a magic potion that would grant the power of desire? And you think that would do it? 
If you obey me, little one, Carl will be like a defenseless little bird in your hands. Oh, great spirit, oh, powerful Adonai. Oh, great spirit, oh, powerful Adonai. Transfer the virtues of this unclean reptile. Transfer the virtues of this unclean reptile. Cunning, power, fascination. Cunning, power, fascination. And give them to this humble servant. So be it. Okay, so that ritual was in the trailer as well. And this is the one where they're like kind of drinking the moonshine jar, right? Yeah, yeah, that has a ton of shit in it. Yeah. Including a dead reptile, by the way. Right, right. Yeah. I it, Okay. Somehow we're 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 led to believe that this works somehow. Yes. So we're led to believe this is what you want. Right. So we're still we're still in the stance that the magic part of this didn't work, right? Yeah, no, there, I guess there's some magic to the virgin blood because it does make the spots unless it's just bleaching her skin. She's got some weird condition. Uh, uh, I thought that was psychosomatic. I just think she believed that. But what I'm getting that, at is like. That, sh- okay, there you go. That could be too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, 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 the blood making her look younger is psychosomatic, obviously. But then yeah. also soaking in young blood all day has got to be doing something good for your skin. All those yeah. nutrients, you've got to be able to absorb something, I guess. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't. Agreed. I would just like to fucking recommend that no one ever do yeah. that don't bathe in virgin blood please yeah uh, i don't know where you can even get it legally uh, <laughs> without but... harming another person which is all things yeah. that we want you to be able to do before you soak in blood but i also just don't think it's probably a good idea to soak in blood in general yeah exactly it's, it's probably not all that healthy right don't don't fucking do that i was just being facetious <laughs> yeah we're, we're fucking around people <laughs> but like we're led to believe that there's something in this potion that this woman procured that makes her more desirable because because we are going to see later on that this works, where she actually does have this uncontrollable sway over her husband. So I don't, this is a part where I'm kind of disconnected. Or does she just believe that she has this sway? (laughs) Or it could just be she offers her husband the ability to do something he wants to do anyway, but he doesn't think he should. There is that. We can definitely talk about that as well. Um, But I I believe that the, the whole thing, like when the old lady was like, oh, there's murder in his eyes. And then all these other people are like, yeah. Uh, and then he has these weird, very weird, uh, uh, it, you know, interactions with young ladies that seem very violent. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying he he seems to be on the cusp of wanting to murder and he's barely hanging on because of some whatever thought he has. You know what I mean? Okay, it's really interesting that you bring that up because there is a little bit of a play of perception that this movie does too. Because remember, we get a flashback of things that we weren't privy to that are happening right around this same time. Yes. So we have to keep that in mind for the listeners before we move on. But I just wanted to kind of point out like there is still a through way to where there is a non-magical path, which you have just totally explained and pretty much hit all the points that I was going to try and make if you were going to try and say opposite of that. So guess what? We lined up. We lined up on this one. Yeah, it's, it <laughs> is obvious. I really do think. It is absolutely obvious to me that all she ever really does is give him poetic license to get away with the cruelty that he wants to do anyway and yeah. still fuck him afterwards. Yes, exactly. That's all yeah. he really ever wanted. So this is just like everything's coming up bourgeoisie dickwad for him. Yep, exactly. Um, <laughs> bourgeoisie dickwad. Everything's coming up bourgeoisie dickwad. That's that's my name for this fucker. 
The Markinex or whatever his name is. I do like it, though. Everything's coming up. Bougie Dickwad. Bougie Dickwad. Uh, <laughs> um, while the um, head dude, he's playing his, uh, the organ while the lady's drinking some potion. Bougie Dickwad. Bougie Dickwad. And then Bougie Dickwad looks over at that amulet that had such a story behind it. You can tell by the way he's looking at that amulet, everyone, that he actually is wondering if he can just put that amulet on and become a dick because he can get away yeah. with it. It's an excuse. Yeah, but then also their fear that everyone who's put that amulet on dies. There's that too. Yes. Well, then we, uh, oh, okay, so then we get some kids and they're burning some uh, bats uh, outside because everyone's so afraid of fucking vampires. They're literally burning bats, and that looked a little too real for me to be comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not exactly pleased to buy this scene. I don't know definitively that it is 100% a real bat, and there were a couple of shots where it just looked like a very convincing puppet. But yeah. it's also a Euro film from the early 70s, so the possibility of them nailing an actual bat to a tree and letting kids burn it with a torch are pretty good, too. Yes, that's why I'm just like, ooh, but... All right, we'll move on. If it's not uh, real, it's too fucking uncomfortable to be yeah, it's, unreal. Yeah, and if it's not real, though, I will say this. Props to the puppeteer department who did that. Yeah, it's so convincing. It uncomfortably real. Yeah. It made me uncomfortable. Yes, it looked way too fucking real to yeah. not be so, real. So if it wasn't real, props to the movie, guys. You guys did an awesome job. If it was real, fuck you, movie guys. You're pieces of shit. Yeah, that's fucking wrong. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, especially because bats should be protected. So anyway, uh, the girl then informs the doc's widow, the, the doc's daughter informs the widow that the head dude is dead. They found him dead. Um, we see his funerals being prepared, and then he wakes up in the coffin. Ooh. The lady boss, she comes down and opens the casket, and he starts coming out. Then we cut back to, uh, we see that, uh, doctor's daughter, uh, she is sleeping and she hears her name. She gets up and the dude is there. He kisses her and she's like, what do you want to, what do you want to do to me or do with me? And then she like lays down like she just doesn't care. And he picks her up. We cut to him and he's laying on a couch, only looking tired. And in the attic, we see a jug of blood is, uh, being poured. And we see that particular young lady's dead body. So naked, so dead. Yes. Throat slits in this on point. Yeah, man, they're fucking really good. Yeah, there's a couple of them where I was like, Jesus, I hope that's not real. Yeah, right. I don't I don't think so. After seeing right? the bat, I'm like, that can't be right. Like this would yeah, not that, be a fucking movie. They, like they wouldn't actually kill somebody. We're not watching a snuff film, are we? No, but I mean they would fucking lay a dead body out with a slit throat. Like maybe that's yeah, a one that was just already dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, trust me, dude. Like there's some films from Europe that I have seen that they used an actual severed head for an effect. Oof. <laughs> yes, it was that grotesque. Well, uh, later on, he's sleeping, and the boss lady, she checks on her younger face, uh, which she's all paler. Uh, the next day, uh, the next day, the widow, she's searching for her daughter, opens up daughter's bedroom, and finds bats in her bed. She screams. Um, then we cut to the old lady is paying off all the servants who worked in the castle. They're all being let go, and they're given, like, being given, like, huge final payments. Um, as they're all leaving, one of the girls turns around, and she sees Boss Man in the window in the attic, but when she gets all the other people leaving to look, he's gone, and they're all like, he's dead, you're being weird. She's uh, also one then, of the ones that were breaking the vampire bread with the old lady. 
Yeah. Then we cut to a couple flocking around naked in a creek. You're kind it's of little, welcome movie. Yeah, there's a little something there for everybody in this part. So, every, you know, whatever you're into, should you should be pretty pleased, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. If you're into traditional parts on both male and female, traditionally, it's there yes. for you. And also... Uh, you know, if you're you're into the the '70s look too, with uh body hair and shit, you're this is this is for you. <laughs> if you're into the classics, there you go. <laughs> like I said, traditional. Yeah. Uh. So uh, they they decide they have to leave, and she's gonna go ahead and go first because they can't be seen leaving together. Well, we see the dude, the boss man's watching them. Well, after she gets dressed, she goes to like a grave, like she's paying respects to this grave that's in the middle of nowhere, and the boss shows up. Then we cut to that lady is dead and blood is pouring through the hole of the attic down through into the room below it uh, onto the boss lady. Isn't he supposed to be collecting virgins? They just implied that they just those two just had sex. I think they just implied that those two were follicking naked, not that they had had sex. Uh, just I don't. I, I know it's 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 something. It's a far reach, but come on. <laughs> All right, fine. What fucking ever. I, it's at least it's not Matei. All right. Fair. <laughs> let's let's give this movie a lot of props for what it just fell, followed up. All right. <laughs> um. So uh, back at the end, the innkeeper's daughter hears how the boss man's body's missing, and that that town's having more vampire issues. Um. While the old lady of the castle, she is walking around and she sees some peeps painting crosses on doors, and that's our next clip. They're crosses against vampires. Nadja Plojevich disappeared the other night, and yesterday they found the carriage of Sandra, and she was nowhere in sight. As you can imagine, the people are frightened. I see. <laughs> What's wrong? These stakes are made from wood from the Black Forest. You only have to hit them once. Oh, one I was just about to come for you at the palace. What is it? Some terrible things are happening. I must tell you. I was coming to tell you that the other day when I left the palace, I saw the Marquise at the window. Oh, that is not possible. We all know that the Marquise is dead and buried. You must leave the palace. Tell the mistress she also has to leave. Who knows what can happen there? Since the death of the Marquise, terrible things have happened. We're all so frightened. And you know he walked around the palace with the medallion of Plachevitz. If you wish, you can come and stay with me. Really, I don't know what to think. The palace is a wicked place. There will be more deaths like the Marquise, I tell you, and soon. We will buy an olive branch, blessed for Easter. And nail it to the cross above the door. It's the third house you come to, past the big well. I still have some of the bread made from the vampire's blood. If you wish, you can protect yourself with us. No, I couldn't leave the mistress alone, but perhaps I can convince her to leave. Go to the city, to the court, with the prince, her cousin. God go with you. May God guard you, the virgin protect. Those are the same girls that were making the bread with her. They're trying to be all super nice and sweet and offer them sanctuary away from all the evil. But little do they know, they just literally had the evil look upon them. Exactly. Well, that night, those two same girls are asleep in their home. One hears the other one talking and checks in on her. And the other girl tells her, ah, she was just probably scared. Uh, All her nonsense was getting to her. So, you know, get the hell out of the room. The girl leaves. And we see the dudes in there with that other girl. They start making out, and he bites her, and the girl screams, so the other girl comes in and sees the dude. He hops up and starts stabbing her right away, 
That ends that 20 minutes, and we're getting ready to go tumbling into our final 30. And I mean, it's going to go. Yeah, not only has it maintained all of these threads, and masterfully so, it also escalates the pace at this point to where the frenzied killing becomes much more prevalent and it's much more obvious that the woman bathing in the blood of virgins isn't really the point to all these deaths. When I said earlier that she wasn't a virgin and she was already having sex, like that, that that's what they were implying, that that lady was having sex. The, yeah. the woman doesn't know where these are coming from because her bourgeoisie dickwad is bringing them to her. He's just going out and killing these women and bringing, her yeah, women, or bringing women for her to bathe in the blood of. I don't think yeah. any of them are even believed to be virgins when they're when this is happening and i'm pretty sure that he is sexually assaulting them before or prior or during or after them exsanguinating too because well, that's a, it's that's impl- a definite yeah it's implied that he is like molesting the corpses for sure so yeah, for sure but what i'm getting at here is the reason that i don't believe this is supernatural is because if you were going to make it a supernatural thing if he kills the girl that first sacrifice that one shouldn't have worked because she wasn't a virgin and then blah 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 yeah. blah blah you know oh, yeah I, I i'm 100 with you on this there's nothing supernatural here right so this is this is a lady going through a psychosis because she has a husband who no longer shows her affection or or any kind of attention she has this absolute static fear of getting older uh you have an older lady who wants to probably get in good with this Oh, she's totally trying to ingratiate herself and become indispensable to this woman because she's a source of meals. Including up to probably her suggestion to get rid of the other servants, so it's just her. Absolutely, that's why. Yeah. So, and then and then she's paired up with a husband who was right on the cusp of becoming a killer and decided to become a killer. Because what we're about to see is she's going to give him that freedom. Well, what I'm basically getting at here is these last two sets of kills where he goes and gets the girls that are in in the market and the way that he's assaulting them and slaughtering them there. And then the girl that he grabs after bathing in the brook and we're pretty sure that they just had sex. And that's why they're going back separately to hide the fact that that's what they were doing. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're right. What I think the movie's doing is, I think it's intentionally showing that these scenes in the order that we're seeing them in before this next escalation, because I think they're trying to accentuate the idea that this is all just in their head. They're just doing this because they want to. Both of them. Like, this, the wanton cruelty for both of them, this is the reason. But they're making up these supernatural reasons, and she's just deluding herself to think that she's making herself more beautiful and younger as well. And he's not even interested in finding virgins for her he's just basically giving her blood and she's just going for it and believing that it's working that's that's totally what i'm getting at is the movie is accentuating that and specifically saying this is what you are definitely seeing you know what i mean it is not supernatural this is all them it's possibly a mental illness on his part and her part as well but it's definitely just fucking murder yeah it's definitely just fucking murder (laughs) cool we can move on then yeah all right um Hold on one sec. All right. All right. So we start the final 30 minutes. That night, the lady, she gets out of bed and we see a bowl full of blood. Um, He, the husband, boss man, confronts her and tells her that she's not afraid of death, but only of aging. Uh, 
the townsfolk, uh, they, uh, the next day, find the uh, two girls, or one of the girls' bodies dead in the room. Um, and then the other girl is found staked out in the middle of nowhere. Um, some then were telling the authorities that that particular girl was staked, claimed she saw Boss Man in the castle attic as they left, even though he's supposed to be dead. Then we cut to the innkeeper's daughter bathing, just for a bathing scene, and, um... Thank you, movie. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's no, no problem there. Um... I approve. Yeah, the lady boss is in dead, and then also we see, like, one of the dead girls from the attic, like, starting to get up. She looks very zombie-esque. Um, the lady walks around, and she sees herself in a mirror, and she looks very old and terrible. And then she sees the zombie girl in the back, and she starts to have a little bit of a freak-out moment, until the old lady shows up, and we see that was all just in her head. She walks in, she comforts her, and that's our next clip. What's the matter, little one? There was someone there. Next to the mirror. Come, come, my little one. I've closed all the doors. There can be no one here. It was a red door. I'm sure she was here. Don't leave me alone. They've come for me. They're watching. They want their blood back. Their accursed blood that has only served to run down my skin. The dead ones. We have upon me. No. There's only a little time left, my lady. In the morning we'll leave. Leon will come for us with a carriage, and he will take us away from here. We shall go a long way, where they'll never find us. I hope you were not overheard. Devil himself has entered this house with your cursed saucer. He will always haunt me. He will never leave us alone. Huh. Yeah. Well, so now, like, the lady of the house is kind of having second thoughts about all the shit she's been doing. As she Which, fucking should. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we see Boss Dude, he visits the innkeeper's daughter. And they sort of have, like, a little back and forth where she's, like, like it looks like threatening to hurt him or something. But then they both kind of laugh and she's, like, she wants him and they kind of are having a good moment. And she starts even, like, taking off her shirt almost. But we don't really get to see too much. Yeah, um, he found someone that is young and into the same shit he's into. So he's about to try and move on in the world. Yeah. Um... The um the bo- the old lady starts putting jewelry and jewels on the boss lady, saying that when she wears these, no, any nothing can harm her, not a spirit, not anything. So yeah, just placating. Well, and um, red was earlier stated that wearing red jewels were supposed to ward off the vampire, so it's a way to basically set up the husband to be a vampire and then make her innocent of this and make it shown that she is being plagued by him or something. Yeah, they, it's um, it's this whole thing that the servant comes up with for them to like skate their way out of this and have him take all the blame for the murders which was her idea all along yes exactly um well the townsfolk come by as boss lady looks like she's getting ready to leave and that is our next clip good day madame we have been told that you are preparing to leave you have been told the truth we have come to ask you to delay this trip we are awaiting the arrival of the notary who must hold counsel in the exhumation of the body of the marquise who authorized you It is my duty to maintain the tranquility of the people. And if in spite of everything I wish to undertake this trip? Then I will be obliged to use force. No one has anything against you. We are only trying to protect you, believe me. Please understand, my lady. We need your full collaboration. If you do not wish to assist at the ceremony, you will not be obligated to do so. You are free to do as you please. We have taken charge of the situation. 
But you must also understand that we must open without delay the coffin. I shall forgive you because you are no more than ignorant. The power you have taken exceeds your ability. And you know respect for a lonely woman. I'm obliged to remain, but do not expect any other help from me. Come, let us go. My God. You've nothing to fear, my lady. You've done nothing, and they surely know it. Recall the widow of Blodjevitz. All the weight of justice will fall upon Carl. Wake up, Carl. Come on, wake up. You didn't change your mind about us, did you? Of course not. You'll come with me, if you want. Even though, are you sure you want to leave all this? All this? I've never liked this way of life. I hate serving others. You're the only man who can give me what I'm after. Like what? I don't know. All my life, I've wanted to have fine things. Wonderful clothes. Jewels. Servants. I've wanted people always to wait on me. People to wash my clothes. Who, who comb my hair. <laughs> but not only that. We could also... We could also make love freely. Not like here, hidden away in this... This miserable bed. With you, I could change my life into something gorgeous. <laughs> What's the matter? Nothing. I understand it's your wife. You think that your no, wife... No, my wife... My wife doesn't count now. You will have what you desire. Everything that you deserve. I promise you. You can be sure of that. I think that sudden change on the look of his face whenever she says all the stuff that she wants out of life mm-hmm. is him realizing, oh, fuck, they're all the same. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. Like, he's not going to escape. His wife is basically think, the same thing as what this woman is. And I also think he actually kind of cares for her. And I think he already knew what he was going to do to her before anything, what we're going to see here in the end. So I think he was kind of sad hearing her being so excited for this life that he's promising her that he knows he's not delivering. There is that too, yeah. Yeah. That's what I that's, think he, there that's is an a part int- of him that cares for this girl, <laughs> that's an, unlike the other girls. So that is an interpretation I wasn't willing to give this dickwad. So I I I know I, I didn't want that. to either, but I have I had to because it's something I thought of and I'm I it's don't it, like it, any characters really in this, but it's a subtle little bit of nuance that the filmmakers are giving us that lets you know that even though he's a horrible human being, he's not all bad. He at least feels bad that he's about to do something horrible. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, well then he and the innkeeper's daughter, they are riding a horse and they watch a mob start to enter the crypt where he's supposed to be. Boss lady and the old lady in the castle, they're doing quite the same. Uh, and they even hear a horse. Um, well, the group gets in there, they open up his casket and Olsey finds two girls' dead bodies in there. Three. Was it three? I thought it was just two. They, right, they, they had uh, one set stacked head to toe, and then the third one was the, the final one. So he, like his uh, coffin could fit it. three more girls. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just saw the one. Or the two, I should say. Well, I, um, I'm probably imagining the three, because I just want more yeah. dead girls. Clip. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, inside the castle, the innkeeper's daughter finds this really nice silk dress on the floor, and the, the boss man says, hey, that's yours. That's for you. Um, the ladies are hearing shit in the attic and they look up and they see that the hole covering in the, in the ceiling that goes to the attic has been removed. 
Um, so, uh, the boss man and the girl in the attic, they start making out, going at it, and he bites her. And at first she doesn't like it, but then she kind of grows into it, and they start making out. But then he kills her, uh, using a knife. And as he's holding her, the boss lady comes up behind him and kills him with a knife, uh, stabbing him twice. Well, here's going to be the one where you guys got to settle in, because it's trial time. And that's the very long final clip. The questioning of witnesses will begin. But nothing was said here so far. Proves in any way that the Marquez was a vampire. He could have been an assassin, yes. But what about his death? Because the crimes were only committed after his death. I was not called to sign any death certificate. Because of this, I cannot be sure that he was really dead. My dear friend, you would not accept the most patent form of evidence. The witness may retire. You may now call the widow. Elizabeth Bathory, Marquesa of Caglise. He's a killer! Murderer! Assassin! We are very sorry, madam, that you have to appear in this disagreeable place. But it is necessary for you to identify the body of your husband, Carl Zimmer, accused of vampirism. Do you recognize it as such? Yes. This is the body of Carl Zimmer, who was my husband. Thank you, my lady. You may retire now if you so desire, but the court would be very grateful if you would inform us of some of the details in reference to the death of your husband, the Marquise. Some witnesses have declared that your husband had a strange relationship with the late Dr. Plodjevitz. Is there any truth in this? You know very well that it was I who killed him. Yes, we know you became enraged when you found him with one of his victims, and that in a certain manner you acted under the impulse of justice. But the judges are referring to his first death, and that was before he became a vampire. My husband was never really a vampire. I myself obliged him to pretend he was dead. This is all very strange. I don't understand. What don't you understand? For example, this this blood. Until just a moment ago, it was only a small, dry stain. In one moment, it changed. Perhaps it could be the heat, but, but this paper. This strange text about the forms of death, but it's not complete. The Flesco Plajevitz. Perhaps, I don't know. There must be logical reasons that explain all this. Carl, you... I don't understand. Or perhaps I don't want to. But the vague hope that one day I'll awaken, everything will be changed. That I myself will have changed. Carl, these things are possible if you want them enough. Desire them with truth and have courage. What are you looking for, Elizabeth? I'm looking for you. No, you're looking for your beauty, your youthfulness, your flesh. You wish to rejuvenate your flesh with young blood, as you've heard in legends, like the other Elizabeth. Maybe if I should die, to die and begin another life, isn't this land a vampire? Now I'm certain of my suspicions. Remember, Your Honor, what I told you about the narcotics of Dr. Plajevitz that we found in the palace. You remember, Magistrate. Silence! Silence! My lady, you have not been called to this court to be accused, but as a collaborator of justice. Do you understand that by your testimony you can be accused as an accomplice in the murders carried out by your husband? Carl was no more than a coward. It was I who forced him to kill and bring me the blood of his victims. We understand your grief compels you to accuse yourself, to try to destroy yourself. Without realizing it, you are contradicting yourself. Because if Carl obeyed you so exactly... Why did you kill him then? Was he having relations with the girl from the inn? No. She was just one more victim. I myself ordered him to bring her to the palace. No, no. It's not true. Why do you lie, Isabel? You were right, sir. She's crazy with grief. But the only one who was guilty is he. It was Carl. My mistress was afraid of him. Don't listen to her, gentlemen. She's lost her reason. You know very well that I used to bathe in the blood of those young girls. No, it's not Hold true. Hold yourself with me and help me do it. No, it's not true. Silence, my lady. If it's true what you say, why did you kill him then? 
I began this story voluntarily, and I wished to terminate it in the same manner. Don't listen to her. She's crazy, and she hated Carl. And now she wants to destroy him. She wants to destroy him and his memory. Don't listen to her. Recall what you're saying. You accuse yourself, then, of instigating the deaths of the young Nadja Plajovitz, Irina Valerius, Inga Brusel, Sandra Buseva, and Marina Schneider. Yes. I am the only one who is guilty for all of those deaths, and I wish to assume that responsibility. With your permission, I wish to express the desires of His Majesty regarding the manner in which to treat a member of the royal family. The possibility that her mental faculties have been disturbed, the decision of this court will be superseded. I understand, of course, that the freeing of the accused would constitute an injustice that could furthermore create problems in the public order. Because of this, I propose that, together with the destruction of all records of this trial, Elizabeth Bathory, Marquesa of Caglice, be walled up in the rooms of her palace and that her accomplice be condemned to have her tongue cut out and be obliged to serve her mistress until the death of one or the other. So, as we see, she set all this up, allowed him to become the murderer he wants, wanted to be. Uh, after all of this, um... Uh, you know, they came down with the judgment. The old lady, uh, we see her get her tongue cut off. The castle gets walled up. Now, the tongue uh, cutting away is done in the most gruesome way without actually showing you yeah. a fucking thing. Yeah, you feel that shit. Yeah, the implementation as they're slowly adjusting it and the fear that registers on that actress's face, man, it uh-huh. is hard to watch. Yeah. And they don't yeah. show you a fucking thing. That's what's so weird about it. Yeah, it's fucking just crazy uh, that you really don't see anything except for a bloody knife. Yeah, but it's just enough the way that they set it up and they deliver it. Your imagination does the work. It's masterful filmmaking once again. Yeah, very well done. Um, we then see um, they have like a one walled up wall with a little hole in the bottom and that they're get, putting a tray of food in there. And as they go in the room, we see just a whole tons of trays and trays. It trays of food and some old food, some empty, all rotting. You hear the flies. And as we come, we see the lady sitting, staring at herself in the mirror. She looks somewhat zombie looking, like her skin all flaked and everything. Very old. Roll credits. Okay, so now she's hallucinating that that's what she looks like, or maybe that's that what or she's, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, she I, could be just dead. Well, she was seeing herself like that, but I think that yeah. actually is her as a corpse. Yes, I think she starved herself to death after this. I think so because all that food, there's nothing touched, and it was all rotting and a lot of flies. So I just don't think she did anything. Yeah, and them pushing the plates, all they're doing is pushing an ever-ending sea of plates into the room. Eventually, they will realize that she is dead. Yes. But yeah, so she or they don't care to realize it. There, she has to stay in there forever. Well, I so. think that part of the servant's punishment is she has to serve her meals, regardless. Yeah, I think so. And they did say so. till one of them dies. Yep, and you can't really tell who's who's who, if she's dead in there or not. So, <laughs> right, I think it's heavily implied that she is dead. Uh, this film has a really dark, very grim ending, but uh, the characters are very deserving of it for yes. sure. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't. Much like we talked about, yeah, there's nothing supernatural about this. Uh, it's people using other people's superstitions and other people's fears of getting older and aging. So yeah, it's not even the fear of dying, it's the fear of aging. Um, all these different fears and superstitions and different people taking advantage of other people's feelings like that. The old lady took advantage of the boss lady. Uh, boss lady took advantage of her husband's feelings and, and 
like freed him to do something terrible. The the town council took advantage of uh, a dead woman uh, who's or of a woman's whose husband died, and because her daughter had a bad dream, they took advantage of that and took all her property. So they were going to find another reason to do it anyway, but this happened to be the circumstance that they did because the man died, and only men can really own land. Yeah, exactly. So in that time, anyway, obviously, I don't want to make that just a soundbite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's, you know, it's it's all superstition, horrific shit like that, and people taking advantage of it. It's interesting to me how very clinical and precise this indictment of society is in the film. It very specifically shows the people in power using the fear and zealotry of the people under them in order to manipulate them and bilk them out of their land and or to get ill-gotten gains off the backs of others. Yeah. It's amazing to me how we as a society, as human beings, never learn from these positions. We never see beyond our space in this giant fucking con. Like, that's all society basically is, is everybody conning everybody else into doing the shit that we need to keep us all going and everybody using everybody else. Like, it's a very grim view of society, but that's kind of how society works. And that's kind of how this film is showing it. And it's funny. It's how I've viewed society for the past. 20 years, so why would it change now? <laughs> um, pretty much 37 for me, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I kept some things going, but fuck it. You had a better <laughs> childhood than me. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. That must have been it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to on point here. Enough therapy by a podcast yeah, record. Yeah, yeah, enough therapy for everyone. Yeah. Uh, go get another tattoo. <laughs> I'm working on it. Uh, I really, really liked the way that they did this, the way that they laid it out, and the way that they showed these patterns of use and abuse and one-upmanship and climbing and using fear and superstition, jealousy, and just manipulation of people and just this giant con that is society and how far-reaching it just continues to go. Now, obviously, the film doesn't push as hard that the people in charge of the town are just bilking the people out of cash, but once you apply the filter that the rest of the film of what it is that you're actually seeing that there's nothing supernatural you can in retrospect realize that the town people were in fact bilking them when you first watch the film your mind doesn't go there at first but going yeah. like talking back with you about it it is so much more clear to me as to what's going on and mm-hmm. you have to when you're watching the film start with that frame of reference that everything you're seeing here there is nothing supernatural and everything is human beings manipulating human beings and when you start with that frame of reference a rewatch I can say this 100% is very rewarding because you see even more details about how these people are manipulating each other and bilking each other and using the fear and superstition over each other. It's awesome. And this movie is worth a few watches. That is damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And this could be a lot of things. This could be a movie you just sit and enjoy. And you can also flip it and it could be a movie you riff your, with your friends with having a couple beers at night. You can A- Pay attention to it intently, or you could be just have fun with it. Yeah, it has enough salacious sleaze to it to where it could be something that you just kind of talk over. I could totally see that. I would not be comfortable doing that, but I can see where there are elements like that that you could do it. I would have to have everyone that's in the room had already seen this film. 
Yeah, and then I just agree with on. that. Actually, I was about to say, as long as everyone's already seen it, yeah, then it's great to have as a background thing, and everyone just having fun. Yeah, this would be something that you and your bros could watch several times and find new things in that you enjoy. Yeah, definitely, and, oh, and, and find enough things to make fun of too. You know, all that kind of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that's when you say make fun and of, it's not make fun of, but but just laugh about. I guess How about that. Well, there's a lot like, of there's a lot of things that you can grab onto in like kind of analyzing what's going on behind the scenes in the film. Rather than make fun of the film, I would rather be like, you know, like what do you think that represents? Well, what do you think this yeah, is yeah. trying to, you know, like like really break down the scene and talk uh, about it in that way. Let me let me re say that. It's not make fun of it, but do kind of how we were doing with like character names. Oh, like, bourgeoisie dickwad. Yeah, like that's how yeah, we watch films. Yeah. That's yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Like not making fun of it, but having fun with it like you know, old lady winner is fucking conning the boss lady again into some other fucking horse shit. Next thing you know, she's gonna be like, Hey, listen, I started this thing called Amway. It's totally not a pyramid scheme. Not Amway, it's Confederated Products. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, all that kind of shit. it just be, you know, having fun with it and stuff like that. So it's a movie you could both watch really intently and a movie you can have fun with. Yeah, I totally agree. The more you watch it and really pay attention to the things that are going on, the more you do see these little subtle character manipulations and the way that they have woven all of the various different story threads together and then let them fray out and then separate at the end is really beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and the way they bring the that last clip and watching that and the way they bring the story together and everything what what here here's the real joy for me. Everything is accounted for. Everything we saw in the beginning of the movie, any kind of thing where you're like, Oh, here's foreshadowing, is it gonna be fucking gone, you know, or is it gonna mean anything later? It does. It means stuff. Everything it's in there ends up in the story somehow and contributes. It's fucking great. Yeah, I watched it twice. I found no lost threads. And I watched it yeah. the second time because I had to be sure that I didn't have lost threads. Yeah. Because that never happens. Once, but I didn't I didn't see any missed threads. Well, and I was so happy about it. Well, that. you have to watch it way more intently than I do too. Yeah. Yeah. So I you know, I'm taking these notes and I'm like, uh, everything got accounted for. Everything brought up got accounted for. Yeah, and there's even explanations and usually whenever you try to do a twist ending by bringing me in new information that I didn't see before, like the little flashback of what she said that her and her husband had that conversation with, you know, where yeah. where basically everything that we said was going to happen is what they show in the flashback to drive the point home. Uh-huh. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like bullshit because it's been set up and it's been hinted at the entire time. So that when they show that reveal, it's like, well, of course, this was a conversation that they had. And even if it's not, this is pretty much an unspoken conversation that they've had. And she is just basically so addled with guilt for what she's done that she wants to be punished. And that's why she's confessing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, but I mean, I mean, God, this is done so well. Yeah. Just to me. Yeah. And, and. You know, who knows? It, I'm sure part of the reason why I'm really high on this movie is because we just came off of a Matei month. Um, but even without Matei, I think I would still went, like fucking go crazy. Now, does this movie have a whole lot of deep meetings and everything? Kind of, yeah. It's a lot of deep meetings about people, powerful people, uh, the haves and the have-nots and the haves using superstition, uh, it, the people's superstition and fears against them for their own gains to keep them down 
and the other's up. Well, and, so, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of deep meanings into this. Well, there's also the symbolism for what the, uh, what do you call her, old lady winner or whatever you nicknamed the older. Yeah, yeah, old, old lady winner. The, the uh, older servant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is, for a woman of her station, where she is essentially just like a servant class, and she has no hope of ever really rising above that, she doesn't have beauty to fall back on either. So what she has to use is basically manipulation and superstition and all of those sort of things. And she's very savvy at conning her way into places and doing the thing that she needs to do. But mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that women who are perceived to have no power at all in this society, obviously because of the way that it's set up, they can't really have anything. They can't really control everything and everything's decided for them. Women seem to always be the one accused of witchcraft in some way, shape, or form. But I can see where a woman in the situation living in a world like this, where the actual thought of witchcraft itself to be able to gain power over your world and kind of control the things that are happening in your life, at least in some way, shape, or form, I can see the allure of that. So I can see where, especially even a privileged woman who is clearly aging and basically feeling terror that her husband's just going to abandon her for a newer model, you know, because she's misinterpreting his nonstop bloodlust as just not lust for her. Uh, Nothing's changed. Women are still unjustly blamed for just about everything, even today's times. Look at what they're trying to do with abortion laws. I know nothing is better. I get that, but what yeah, what I'm yeah. what I'm essentially getting at is the draw of witchcraft for that woman, even in that privilege and that that state where she's just literally in fear of losing her yeah. husband, and that's why she goes on this path. The draw of witchcraft, I can totally understand for them because it's a oh, way yeah. to gain control. It's a way to stand up and use what power is allotted to you, and basically you sacrifice something in order to do it but at least you actually get this power i can see that draw and i can see where that would be there and it's really odd to me that the juxtaposition to that are the servants that were the two girls baking the vampire bread who out of the goodness of their hearts were trying to get this incantation done so that they could protect the house that they work in yeah they and they cared for the lady of the house the lady boss. They literally cared for her. They cared for the older servant lady. They wanted them both to be protected. And it's insane that that those people couldn't care less about them. Right. But the fact that they were good-hearted people and they were of the same class and they were using what they had to try and treat everyone equally and be better, it's really interesting to me that the manipulative lower-class woman would strike out them the way that she does to silence them and to stop them because they're reminding her that she could have been better. And it's weird that that would be the kind of voice that she wanted to silence like that, you know? Because she is the one that sends him to her. Maybe it's it's not even the voice that she's trying to silence. She, She looks at them not with, like, pity or anything. She looks at them with disdain. Because she feels she's at a rung higher than they are. And so she'll do whatever she can just to keep her mistress happy. That's a part of it. But I also think that their genuine concern for her and their want to be better and to take care of them, both the mistress and her, the old lady winner, I think raises contempt in her because they are better than her. I mean, that could be too. You know what I, I mean? I, like, I can see all that. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it bruises her fucking ego or what have you. Like there's so much stuff to really, I mean, there's like a ton of fucking character motivation moments that you could really spend a really long time discussing. And I can't believe they packed all of that into an hour and a half film. I was convinced That's, it was an hour and 40 something, but it's not. Yeah, it's an hour it, and well, a half. It's an hour and a half that didn't feel like an hour and a half even. No. Like there was no wasted. There was no wasted space. There's nothing long and drawn out. 
everything had a purpose. Everything in that movie was direct on. It had a, it had a purpose for being in there. You can tell there was no filler in there. There was no, like, we didn't get six different chase scenes just so they could push the movie to an hour and 45 minutes. They had an hour and 30, and they're like, this is tight. This is good. We're done. Yeah, it was excellent. And, you know, as and a matter of fact, it. I mean, we talked about this movie even way more than we talked about two Matei movies, practically. Dude, we're almost at two hours right now. Yeah. Just through it recording. I don't even know. We didn't even get, there was some we didn't even get to an hour. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely true. So much so that I'm going to bump the second song. So we're going to just move on to close out the fucking show if you're done talking about this movie. I mean, uh, I'm not done talking about the movie. We just need to stop the fucking show. Yeah, we have, we have to stop the show. <laughs> I need to get some goddamn sleep. But yes, this I'm done after this. Great movie. A great palate cleanser after a, a Matei month. What an excellent way to start out the new month. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say that it was intentional. It clearly wasn't. We just very much lucked out and we very much needed it this year. Exactly. Agreed. <laughs> All right. So up next is going to be Ghost with Elizabeth right after the ending Legion promo. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
Fuck, ghosts will suck you in if you're not fucking careful, folks. Fucking no shit. That's not good shit. Yeah, ghost is definitely something that I think you could get into, Matt, because the vocals are definitely more your style for metal, and I think you just would dig them. So check them out if you have not listened to them before, my man. Ghost is right up your alley. Ghost, all right. Yeah. (laughs) They show up on Amazon Prime for some reason as Ghost BC for like an album or two uh, if you have Prime music, but otherwise it's just Ghost. They're out there, you know, whatever you listen to, so... Fucking a. <laughs> sounded good. Yeah, it's definitely, it would definitely be your thing. It totally would. Else, yeah. If you'd like to find other instances where Matt discovers a band on the show, the one or two other times he might have actually done that, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. That's only really a reference to the fact that you don't really go for music or seek it out much. I really don't. Pretty much I have to arbitrarily hear something and then I have to be interested enough in it to go. I'm not the biggest music guy in the world. Well, if you're a meme guy or gal or non-binary person. something I am. Yeah, if you're a meme person and you want to check out your memes, you want to go to our Instagram feed, cinema underscore psyops. That is where the meme dumps happen thrice daily during the working day for those of you that are out there toiling away. Yes, because... The memes are what help you get through the day. Let's face it. For whatever the you're memes toiling through. are the through. only way any of us are going to survive World War III. <laughs> uh, no, not at all, but uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, the memes then go from the Instagram feed immediately to my at court underscore psyop Twitter, which I ignore. Otherwise, I'm just following the porn bots. So much of so course. this has become such a thing that I actually got a call back via some kind of messaging with a man boss. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he actually threw a joke for me about the porn bot thing. So somebody out there is picking up those references and laughing at them, apparently. Loving the porn bots. <laughs> Loving the porn bot Twitter jokes. But seriously, the feed is filthy, man. Matt is seen it it, it kind of grosses it's, them out it's fucking yeah it's 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 next level for me man <laughs> i i don't know i don't know what i'm doing around here <laughs> it's there on twitter you just have to start following it It'll, they'll find you man it's insane yeah yeah i know it's it's i don't know it's weird and scary out there in the world <laughs> yeah i'm a little worried that i'm gonna push to too far to the corners of the twitters at at court underscore sci up there with what i follow so i might pair some of that back one of the places you definitely have to pair back all the things that you post is our facebook group cinema psyops because let's face it they zuck you for things three or four years old zuckerberg's gonna be nailing people doing shit for 10 years ago i had a really tasteless joke get flagged from like when i first got on facebook not too Jesus. long ago right God, next next thing you know he's gonna start flagging us for shit we did on fucking MySpace. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah, that's coming on Facebook. But <laughs> yeah, somehow. Yeah, but I will tell you this: as much as it is an unenjoyable ghost town of nothing but Will Smith memes constantly slapping Chris oh, Rock it. right yeah. now on Facebook, the one place that you're kind of getting some respite from that is our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, which is still kicking, still active, and everybody's posting weird shit and having a good time. So I'm always happy Fuck to show up times. there with you folks. I'm glad to see that that's still going. Thank you for that because there's a lot of groups out there that just don't get the activity that we get still. I love it. And the place may be dying around us, but like the remaining human beings at the end of the universe in Doctor Who at the end of time, we're still there in our group kicking and trying to make each other happy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And if you have a problem with everything that I've said tonight, specifically and or how I badly referenced the Doctor Who episode, you can write that dissertation up to cinemasyopscore at gmail.com and click send, which I will then probably hit delete. Fuck off. No, not really. I will actually read your dissertation and I will try to respond to you like a fucking human being and an adult. Because we are adults. 
and we have respect for everyone. Okay. Well, I don't know about everyone, but we try to at least give everyone the modicum of respect. Give everyone the benefit of the doubt until they show us that that we can have our doubt. Well, while you're out there trying to parse out what the fuck Matt was talking about when he mentioned doubt, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. And I am now recording on my side. One, two, three. How's your waveform looking? Good. Yeah, that was part of the problem. For some reason, my dossier wasn't picking up my blue snowball. And I restarted, and it still wasn't. And I was getting pissed. And then all of a sudden, I moved the mic, and the cord just came right out. And I'm like, well, must not have been plugged in all the way. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Fucking well, cords and shit. Funny thing about the funny thing about electrical wiring versus, say, computer wiring. Yeah. is digital signals like things for USBs, they're either there or they're not. There's no intermittent. If you would have had that, that jack right. like not quite plugged in, it would just be really noisy and you'd be like, why the fuck? If it was just a regular microphone jack. Yeah, USBs, <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, and I've... Oh, God, working... Even though, even though it, the reason why it was like, I didn't think it was recorded first is the red light was on on the blue microphone. Usually it only happens when it's plugged in. Yeah, you, so you it, would assume it, it has it, power, but it wasn't plugged yeah. in enough, apparently. I guess not. Yeah, not to be picked up. It was enough to have power but not enough to be whatever so fuck it it works now we'll give it a shit just wanted to make sure you did the movie uh blood ceremony this week, right? i did blood ceremony okay yes. and you know that it's under a different title in most places called legend of blood castle i did not know that okay well now you do uh, well, i do <laughs> all right i'm copying your uh your clip's over. Man, this, 11. This, went crazy. this new internet provider, like now that I've got that uh, router set up, man, that was a whole fucking debacle. Yeah, right? <laughs> I love that I'm sending you texts like, hey, do you know what this is? And you're like, no, I, I don't know what this is. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm making you question your chosen profession because of the I'm questions I'm asking you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what the that shit is. How the fuck is Court doing this stuff? <laughs> well, well in, a, in a sense, though, when you're asking me... I'm I'm at work too, so typically I'm, I'm doing something else, and I'm like, "Well, I can look that up, I suppose." But fuck me, and I don't have the time. <laughs> okay, well that that makes me feel a little bit better. But so then I try to go off of memory, and then like parts of what you say I recognize, but not enough to give you a solid answer. Right, and little did I know that this edge router that I bought, like the to main the main stuff that it works best for, is like for Cisco systems folks that know how to do that shit, yeah. like how to do that. Actual 
actual like like command line shit that they do in Cisco systems for, for those routers. Just bite the bullet and get the Cisco certification just to add to my resume. I mean, it obviously can't hurt. And I wanted no. to learn this stuff too because I thought that's what all admins do. But it turns out, no, it's just Cisco is their whole command yeah. line interfaces. That's just their thing is they like to get that nerdy with it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that is a fact. Right. So basically, like, I've gotten the most nichiest niche fucking router that I could possibly have that I have to force myself to learn how to do because that's who the fuck I am, Matt. That is who you are. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I did that, you know? Um, I'm fixing up this old fucking fucked up workbench that came with the house. I don't know if you've ever seen that thing because it's in the laundry room area. Somebody like half tore it apart. Like they were going to half-heartedly like yank it apart and then drag it out of the house. But it looks like they just got sick of doing it and gave up. course. <laughs> so it was like this half put together fucking, you know, workbench that was like kind of falling apart. Um, yeah. I just, I put the doors back on and I put the drawers in it and shit and uh, the frame stuff that they pulled out some of the screws that they were going to tear it apart. I just kind of let it be because it was still pretty solid, you yeah. know, but I, I shirted it up and I'm, I cleaned it up. I moved all the, removed all the gunk on it. It's got gunk on there. It's more like funk actually. What's that line from um, Thriller? The funk of 40,000 years or 50,000 years. Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it had on it and I had to clean that stuff off. That, that, that funk on it, huh? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm getting it cleaned up and everything like, and ready to go. Did it have so much funk on it that George Clinton was like, hells yeah. <laughs> George Clinton wanted it because, you know, they want the funk. They got to have that funk. <laughs> oh, Christ. Maybe we should just do the episode because I think that's what people want. <laughs> I think so. I don't think they want any of this horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> Fuck, we can't play catch up? What? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you determine if he was a vampire or not because that's totally necessary um you see um i just uh, want to point out that this is your faith that did this shit all right let's just settle the fuck down no reason to point fingers i wasn't there i don't run the faith all right settle the fuck down i'm just saying i want to point that out Damn, you fucking blaming me for this horse shit. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying your faith brought this to our humanity. It's That sounds like a blame statement. Just telling you what it sounds like. It's a blame statement, all right? There's plenty that can be blamed upon the Catholic Church. That, I agree. There you go. I agree with that. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Don't have to bring it up every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to leave that to where we have it like a little more angry, like we're kind of pissed off at each other. <laughs> don't, don't, don't fucking tell me that. I'm, yeah, dude, I'm fucking keep it to yourself on occasion. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Um, so, anyway, uh, <laughs> I fucking got lost. <laughs> That's the very long final clip. All right, I'm going to go take a leak. Same. All right, it's playing. <laughs> fucking Christ, it's only halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What are you looking for? <laughs> I'm looking for Took time to fucking make out with my wife a little bit, too. Right, same, same here. <laughs> I'm looking for your beauty. Are you Weird flex, bros. You know where you are on your notes. I don't want to fucking listen to all of this. If I should die. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to come back yeah. in then? Sure. All right. Three, two, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Three, two, one. <laughs> Thank you.
They're trying to parse out what the fuck Matt was talking about when he yeah. mentioned doubt. Kick the fuck out of this week and nice. make it your bitch. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> I was like, I gotta dive on something, otherwise we're gonna get stuck in a Floyd hole of just babbling on. Guess we what? Do it. I'm into the recording now.